This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's Wednesday, June 23rd. I'm Rudy. Don't judge guys who are into pregnancy porn. It might be the closest thing they ever get to an actual family. Let's take a long walk to Cleveland. Yeah, what's happening, everybody? I am Rudy Povich. This is a long walk to Cleveland. Thank you so much for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher. Find us every single day, typically around 9.45 a.m. Central Time. But today we're going a little early, just around 9.30, because I want to give a big shout-out to everybody. We hit 5,000 downloads! I don't know if that's good or if it's bad, but Buzzsprout seems to think it's an all right accomplishment. That doesn't really include like all the listens that we get on just other platforms as well, but hip hip hooray! Hip hip hooray! I want to say thank you to Mira and to Nicole and to Amanda and to Bellamy Jack and to Scooter and to Char and to Wyatt and everybody who joined us every single day on the Instagram live feed. Really do appreciate it and thank you so much. And hopefully we can get to 50,000 downloads and 500,000. We just keep this thing rolling. So really do appreciate it. Today on the show, a uh, couple of things. First off, uh, live show's happening. What the hell was that? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to be out on Saturday night, this Saturday, downtown St. Paul, just doing a small guest set for Shannon Paul, Miss Shannon, longtime Minneapolis St. Paul comedian. And uh, yeah, uh, Camp Bar in downtown St. Paul. I think it's like, I don't know, maybe like five, 10 bucks to get in, something like that. But definitely worth it because Shannon's great. And everybody who she has joined her uh, typically does well. Her crowds are very, very nice. And looking forward to that. Uh, also, next Wednesday, I'm going to be out uh, doing some a, a show called Punchline Punch Out. The concept is kind of cool. The day before the show happens, the hosts, Trevor and Andy, give out uh, a phrase or a word, and everybody has to write their best five minutes around that word. And then people vote, and you figure it's kind of a small comedy competition. But that's happening next week over at Sisyphus Brewing. That's going to be in downtown Minneapolis on Wednesday. Also on the show today, Rufio! You'll see what I'm talking about in just a moment. Uh, Also, uh, my Milwaukee Bucks going to be on tonight. But let's say hi to some people, huh? Let's see what's up. What's up, Kendra? Hello. What's up, Char? Hey, thank you guys for, like, all the... uh, the accolades, too. Really do appreciate it. I mean, I don't know. I, I, they keep sending me, like, little reminders. Like, hey, you just hit such and such numbers of downloads. You just hit this next milestone. You know, you had 15,000 minutes of listening last month. And I'm like, I don't know if this is good or if it's bad, but they keep sending me the info. Like, you know, I don't go and find that stuff. And I'm, I've never even done it with radio ratings. I've had to have those long, drawn-out meetings with program directors and, you know, fucking asshole management people that are like, well, you know, ratings are have taken a little bit of a dip over the last three months, and here's every single reason why it is that you're screwing it up. And then you make absolutely no adjustments because these people have never been on the air. They don't know what it's like to actually put together a show. 
you make no adjustments, and then six months later, your ratings are through the roof, and then you have another meeting, and they go, here's all the reasons why we behind the scenes made that happen. And you're like, well, you can't have it both ways. You don't get to blame us for low ratings, and then you guys take all the credit when ratings go through the roof. It doesn't work that way. But apparently in their eyes, it does. So, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a cool, small, little tiny accomplishment, and uh, I really do appreciate it. So last night, I don't know if you guys heard us talking about this on the show at all, but uh, I've had a three-season porch attached to my garage since I bought my house, and basically I've just used it for storage. I don't know why, I just have always kind of, I feel like I'm cheating nature if I'm in a three-season porch. And everyone goes, well, there's no bugs. Which I get if you are in northern Minnesota or you're stuck on a lake, a stagnant lake somewhere. But in the city, there's very seldom are there ever, up, you know, like times where you really need to have a, uh, a three-season porch. And I feel like I'm cheating nature sometimes. But I realize what the allure to the three-season porches, and it has to be the lighting, for sure. Because I like staying outside. There's something about it, especially at night when you can get the glow of a fire or uh, you know the company of others around you. But there is something about the lighting on the inside where you don't feel like you're cheating nature. You kind of feel like, hey, I'm outdoors still, but the thing that is the definite game-changer, the television. Now, a lot of people think you shouldn't put an indoor TV outside. I'm like... They're fucking ubiquitous. They're like a hundred bucks. You can buy them everywhere. We used to have to like get strong men from Norway to be able to carry big screen TVs up to our apartments. And now wafy fifth grade teachers are just picking up 42 inch televisions and strapping them to their back. And off they go into their Toyota Corolla and they drive it home and they slap it on the wall and it costs them what? 150 bucks. Why are we so worried about the indoor television being outside? I don't think it's that big of a deal. So, I definitely had uh, a moment where I was like, you know, I have a shelf that's already in place inside of the three-season porch. And I thought, I don't want to be that guy who starts tearing stuff out. Because what happens is, you're like, I just want to put a TV in there. That'd be kind of nice, wouldn't it? You put a, a nice little TV outside in a three-season porch. But what could be just the price of a television is now going to have to turn into tearing down shelving, and then you realize that behind the shelving, you know, friggin' ants got back there and ate a bunch of two-by-fours, and now you got to start changing. When you start one project, you simultaneously, unbeknownst to you, start, like, nine others. And that's the part about DIY that sucks. And I went and bought a 24-inch television last night. Now, if you would have told, you know, 11-year-old me that one day... I'd be sitting in my own house with my own three-season porch with my own 24-inch television that wasn't eight and a half feet deep, I would have said, you are ridiculous. That obviously would never happen. Uh, Brought a 24-inch television, and it cost what, like 95 bucks? It's not much. But I put that thing on the shelf and then poured myself a beer and went and sat down and I turned it on and I was like, this is far too small. We are so accustomed. We have the one of the biggest... I don't know, is it dichotomy? Is that the word I'm looking for? Is that the biggest, I don't know, we'll say conundrum. We are at a place in life where our televisions are so big, we cannot cannot afford houses that can facilitate the sizes of our televisions. 
We have 85-inch TCL TVs that we give away through KS95. Everybody who wins them has a 8 by 4 living room that can barely fit on it. Crisco's television, no shit. It's on the wall, and like 4 inches of the TV hangs out into the hallway because it just doesn't fit. And he'll be damned if he's going to give up television size just because the room can't afford it. And I don't, I don't blame the guy. I think you should hang on to that. I think well, it's getting so big and it's getting so cheap. The technology is so good that, uh, you know, for 100 bucks, I went in and I brought this thing up and I stuck it on the shelf and I turned the TV on last night and just wanted to watch a little bit of Netflix and enjoy the fruits of my labor from hanging all the lights. And I realized it's far too small. So packed it back up, brought it in. It's funny, Mira says, so you bought a monitor. Yeah, hang on, we're getting to that. <laughs> so I brought it back to the uh, to Best Buy. I walk in, I set it down. The guy goes, something wrong with the TV? I said, no, nothing wrong with the TV. It works fine. So the problem is it's just uh, it's just not big enough. Like, you know, I'm, I'm used to having some decent-sized televisions in my basement and in my house, like my living room. I would like to have a decent-sized... I do plan on spending most of my spring, summer, and fall in this three-season porch. It's great ambiance, it's outside, it's well lit, there's like lots of lighting, you know, you can write out there, it feels good, you get the crickets, the dog lays by my feet, like it's the way to go, right? And uh, uh, Scooter, speaking of Netflix, Stand By Me is now on Netflix. If you missed out yesterday on the show, we talked about that movie where Jerry O'Connell, uh, former fat kid, him and I, simpatico on the ex-fat kid, uh, and then he grew up to have the chiseled jawline and the good-looking wife. Uh, we talked about Sam. I mean, if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. Good to know, Scooter. Thank you very much. Olina, I know what I'm watching. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. It's good stuff. That's a great movie. Check it out. Um, but uh, I walked up to the counter. Guy says, something wrong with the TV. I say, no. He then says, uh, I say, no, it's just it's too small. And he goes, he goes yeah, it's kind of nice to have small uh, first world problems. I was like, well, I don't think I could get any smaller than that monitor size. And I could tell he was kind of taken back. Like, dude. How, first of all, I was like, how dare you mock me, the guy who came in and bought the floor model $97 television. How dare you very much. Thank you. But then he was like, how dare you mock me for mocking you? And I was like, hey, guy, how about you bring it back? All right. I just, I just know, and I've, I preach about this a lot, about buying quality. If you're going to buy, just spend the extra 50 bucks for the next. Don't buy the lowest tier. You don't need to buy the highest tier. But get that, like, little, at least that next step up from the bottom, you know? Because the extra $50 you're going to spend on a 32-inch television, you will never think about that six years from now while you are enjoying the 32 inches of high definition outside in your three-season porch. So just spend the extra 50 bucks. It'll be worth it. If anything, just, you know, work an extra shift, right? That's all it is. Sell something on Craigslist. Find a way to offset the cost so you can enjoy the better things in life. And I, uh, I, thought, uh, I thought, well, all right, I got to go out and I got to find something. And yeah, you're right. It might be a first world problem, but God damn it, it's my first world problem. Okay? Isn't it nice to have first world problems? It's great to live in a time and place where even like the worst of our lives is still a thousand times better than what most people had a, a couple of years ago. I, I, I don't... Listen, I don't apologize for first world problems. You know what? Fuck you other countries that can't get it together. 
We sh- Listen, we worked our asses off to get here. We worked our tails off to get to be able to complain about 24-inch televisions that are ubiquitous, that are just lying, strewing about a Best Buy in the back room. We worked our asses off. You didn't. We did. So now that we're here, let's enjoy our first world problems while we can. Uh, what's up, BJ? What's up, Hoopty? Hi, Troy. Good to see you guys. Uh, just complaining about 24-inch televisions and how they're just not big enough. And it'd be different if, you know, we had gone from the 13-inch black and white that I used to watch Monday Night Football on in my room with the rabbit ears immediately to the 24-inch television, and that's all we had. But now, I mean, I'm, I'm, I really wasn't joking when I said that wafy fifth-grade teachers can just pick up, you know, 50-inch televisions and walk around with them. We do a thing called Teacher of the Week at KS95. We highlight, you know, certain teachers. We go out to their classrooms. We give them a plaque. We meet the kids. We shake the hands. We do the thing. I'd say kiss the babies, but then we'd probably get canceled. And then upon receiving this great accolade, we then also give out 50-inch televisions. And you you have to, like, you know, for the client, for TCL televisions, you have to get a photo of the teacher actually holding the TV. And they will literally, I mean, like, 105-pound, you know, small, wafy fifth-grade teachers picking them right up off the ground. Like, it's that. Boom. And just holding on to it. And they weigh maybe four and a half pounds. I mean, the technology is is just through the roof. So, yeah, I don't mind complaining when, you know, I have some, like, 19-year-old kid behind the counter just going, hey, you got your first-world problems. Fuck yeah, I got first-world problems, and I'm proud of them. We worked our tails off to get to first world problems. Uh, Steve says, in TV, size does matter. 60 inch plus. I agree, man. I agree. It's nice to have that. It's nice. And it's nice that we can all afford it these days. I mean, wait until Black Friday if you have to. I, I get maybe buying a TV in July might be a little bit out of your price range. But sit tight. Eventually, the price is going to bottom out and you're going to walk away with a sweet ass television for dirt cheap. Nothing wrong with that. Enjoy first world problems. It's totally fine, you know, because because the camera in your you know car doesn't work when you put it in reverse and complain about it. People go, oh my god, first world problems. No bullshit. I paid for it. That's what I want. Ask anybody, rich, poor, doesn't matter. Everybody in between. If you paid for that, that's what exactly what you should get. Shar says, agree. We work hard for that money. Yeah, enjoy it. Spend it how you want. I was listening to a financial podcast a couple of months back, and they had a guy on who. Basically, his parents told him, when you are young, save every dime you got. And then one day, you're going to be able to retire on that money. And then, uh, it turns out, his old man never quite made it to the finish line. An old boss of mine by the name of Brian Michaels, who I am uh, uh, still friends with, his stepdad, excuse me, father-in-law, his father-in-law worked for 35 years in an air-conditioned HVAC system. I think he like sold train AC units or something like that constructed them. And all that guy did was save his money. He never enjoyed. He never took vacations. The only thing he would do is, I think every other Saturday, he would take his beautiful wife, Faye, out for a steak dinner at their favorite restaurant, and they would drink a couple glasses of wine, and they would do a little bit of dancing on the dance floor, and then they would go home. Because his thought on life was, save all your bucks, and then when you get to 65, they'll hand you the gold Rolex, and you can sail off into the sunset in your Winnebago. Well, he got two weeks out from retirement, and the doctor told him, you got a lump, and that lump is only giving you about six more weeks, and three and a half weeks later, he was dead. And on his deathbed, he told his wife, I wish I would have done more. 
I wish I would have taken our money and just had done with it, you know, more enjoyable, memorable things. So please spend it all. Don't give it to the kids. Don't leave it for them. They'll make their own bones. Go out and enjoy. Have fun with this money. That's why I worked my ass off, because I'm leaving this earth in three weeks, so you better go out and enjoy it. And that woman lives it up. And this dude, and I'm spacing on his name, but that guy basically said, you know, I'm not saying don't have a couple of dollars in the bank, but invest in yourself. That's the key to, like, you know, financial freedom. Amanda, so true. Live for today. Yeah, why are we 401ks and all that garbage all the time? Like, we're, you know, you got to live now. You really do because you don't take it with you, you know, and the way it is now, like I am the dumbest of the dumb. I barely got out of high school. I was never going to go to college. I have carved out a nice little life for myself. And if dipshits like me can do it, anybody else can. So why all the 401k and all the mutual fun talk all the time? Enjoy a little bit. That whole aspect of life of you can't. uh If you can't afford it right now, you don't deserve it, or you shouldn't buy it. No bullshit. That's why, listen, if you're smart enough with your money, get a a card that gives you, you know, 24 months no interest, and put something that really could help you out. One of the things I live by is uh, most of my money is spent on things that I can either make money off of or things I can resell that keep their value. Camera lenses, great investment. You can buy a camera lens for $700 today, and in four years, turn around and sell that same camera lens for $725. Camera bodies, on the other hand, that's like a six-month window. You buy one for $2,000, that thing's going to be worth 906 months. Same thing with cars. Why are we buying brand new cars? Buy an old piece of shit until it gets you where you need to go to go make that money. Most of what we do purchase nowadays does not have a good resale value. But there are a few things that you can buy. Um... Like, uh, you know, I got a couple of drones that I use for real estate photography. And, yeah, they're expensive, but I can turn around and easily sell those because the technology hasn't, like, it got to a certain point and it's like, okay, that is where it is right now. But I probably got about a two-year window before it starts really starting to get to that next level. But there's things out there, if you're smart with your money, you can take it, you can have those things make you money, or you can have those things make you money when you use them to make you money and then you resell it. So just be smarter about it. Why is everybody freaking out about not spending your money now? Enjoy. Nobody wants to, like, spend a bunch of dough on stuff. But, hey, man, if it brings you a little bit of joy, shit, what's the difference, right? The other thing that brings me joy is watching things happen live in the flesh, uh, like a mishap, like maybe Peter Pan flying through a stage window when he shouldn't have. <laughs> there ain't nothing like high school productions, huh? And anybody who's ever done, you know, local theater or a high school play knows that I, oh, those moments when people get caught off guard and somebody drops a line or somebody goes crashing through a window like you just heard Peter Pan and then trying to like, I mean, this kid, if you guys haven't seen this video yet, this kid comes flying through a, like a makeshift window. He's up on a couple of wires and he tumbles through that thing. It was Matrix style, like <laughs> he goes tumbling through and then hits the ground feet first, finally like gets all the shards of wood and I believe like plexiglass off of him and then immediately delivers the line like nothing happened. That's the beauty about live theater. And 
Uh, I would suggest, I don't know if I can share this thing or not yet. I, I, I'm sure it's on Twitter. That's where I found it. So it must be shareable. I'll try to find it and share it because it is, it's, it's priceless, dude. And anybody who's been in those predicaments, and especially live theater, man, like if you really want to push yourself, if you really want to see what you're made of, even if you have no intentions on ever becoming an actor or a performer or wanting to be a singer, go out and try to do some theater. Just go out and just find a local production that's doing auditions and just tell them, all right, I'll just, fuck, I'll be a tree in the background. You will find out how hard it is to just stand there with your arms up in front of a group of people. It is damn near impossible. I am, uh, I'm currently putting together, there is a, uh, a 10-minute clip that I am currently putting together for comedian Adam Ray. Something that happened to him at a uh, club in Seattle over the weekend. And I'll have some audio for you tomorrow. I don't have it today. But uh, it's a good tease. But basically... This guy from the crowd says that he's a stand-up comedian. And Adam says, all right, well, why don't you come up and do a minute? And the, and the guy gets up and just eats shit really hard in front of people. And everybody is, like, laughing. And it is a, it's, it's a true testament to how hard it is to be in front of people, even when you're a seasoned pro. Even when you have people like Adele who say, yes, every time I step out on stage, I feel like I'm going to shit my drawers because I'm so nervous about it. And you're like, you're Adele. You're the best. Uh, Steve, have some stories from acting gaps from doing productions at the amphitheater in, at Iron World in Chisholm. I remember doing, actually, ironically enough, I do remember doing Peter Pan. And I remember there was a kid. Oh, what was that dude's name? I think he may have graduated a year ahead of me. He was kind of a taller, good-looking, sort of Val Kilmer-looking dude with longer hair. And he was, uh, he was doing some acting. And I remember his line was supposed to be, he steps out on stage, and he was like the leader of the Lost Boys. And when he steps out on stage, he, does the, uh, he, do, he delivers a line of like, we got our happy little tree with our happy little treats, with our happy little squirrels, and our happy little lives. Something like that, right? He goes out there and he says something like, the squirrels and they're the happy. You can just hear it like, fuck. Uh-oh. I don't know where to go with this. And obviously when you're like 14, 15 years old, you have no improv skills at that moment. So he starts to sort of ramble and putting together maybe something that resembled close to what his only one line in the entire production was supposed to be. And... uh and afterwards, we, he then comes back into the group of Lost Boys, and that was supposed to be his whole thing. And he comes back to the group of Lost Boys after he completely botches his line, and then I sort of look over to the right, and I see him start to well up, and then the tears start rolling, and then somebody like a production manager kind of comes up from behind him in front of the—I mean, Iron World is sold out, dude. What has got to be like, I don't know— 400 people that can be in that place. It was filled with parents and grandparents and friends and siblings. And, <laughs> and she came up and like put her hands on his back and then turned him around and walked him off the stage. And that was the last time. That was it. Now, we had been practicing this play for two weeks. All he had to do, he had like literally like nine and a half syllables and still botched it. It's incredibly tough. If you really want to like push yourself and see if you can do something, and like I said, don't do it because you're like, I have, to I have ambitions of being a world-class thespian one day. No, no, no. Just try this. Just do it one time. If you got kids that want to get into it, find a production that has both parts for adults and for kids. And, uh, you know, I would say just try it. Just push yourself. You don't need to tell anybody. 
You don't need to explain what it is that you're doing four nights a week and where you're going to be for two weekends out of the month. Just say, I got something going on, and just go out and try it. I mean, it really does build some character. And if you've ever been somebody who's like, I got to get better at public speaking, I got to do these meetings with you know, the, the class and whatnot, I'm telling you right now, just try it one time. Give it one whirl. You will Exponentially, you will become a better orator. You'll be a, uh, a better friend. You will learn how to work with a team. It's fantastic. And it pushes you. You'll be scared shitless. I mean, you might puke before. I've done it before. Got to hop out on stage. And you're like, shit, wait a minute. Second act. What is that line? What is that line? What is that line? And you're like, oh, my God. And now you're in your head going, I don't know where I got to go with this. It's fucking scary. But I'm telling you, once you get past it, it's exhilarating. Uh, What's up to Adrian? Hey, Hutch. What's going on, bud? Uh, Say hi to Andrea. What's up, Tom? I haven't had a chance to go through here. Just been on a couple of diatribes. What's up, Tracy? Good to see you. Uh, let's see. All right. So, like I said, I'm going to be out doing some live comedy. This is uh, Saturday night. I'll be at Camp Bar in St. Paul. That's going to be going down. I think the show starts at 9 o'clock. And the next Wednesday is the show I'm really looking forward to. Don't get me wrong. Saturday is going to be great. But Wednesday, that'll be awesome because it's filled with all sorts of brand new material. that no, You don't know what we have to write about until the day before. And I love the concept of it. It's going to be at Sisyphus Brewing. I think it's 10 bucks to get in. And uh, I'll post all that coming up on my Facebook page. You can find this podcast on Instagram. We do it live every single day, 9.45 a.m. Today was a little early, but typically 9.45 a.m. Central Time. Also, you can find it on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys once again. Thank you so much. i got to get out of here. i got something going on uh, this afternoon. But uh, really do appreciate you taking a long walk to Cleveland. <laughs> Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.